Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. To kick off this Super Bowl week, best of on trendy, Toby Mergler's hosting Dave Damashek and the kid from Kansas City himself, Mark Gunnels. And he talks about why he's so confident in the Chiefs this week. But Toby and Dave ask, is it confidence or is it hubris? Check. Uh, just I, I got. That's not, that's not my. That's not my official play, by the way. I know. No, I'm going to listen to your official play here in a yeah. minute. I listened to Lemon Pepper Parlor the other day, and Martin asked Mark how nervous he was about the game, and I believe Gunnell said it was like a three out of ten. Do you believe the stones on this guy? He's got the Super Bowl. He's the dog, and he's not nervous at all. He's walking in there saying they're going to rout the Niners. Their defense is trash. The only reason they would go over is because Kansas City puts up fifty themselves. That's what I heard him say. <laughs> I didn't say you're out. You're, you're, you gassed a little bit on that part. But, I mean, seriously, would you be nervous if you had Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey, a team that's been here four times in five seasons? I mean, we already beat this team. I know it was four years ago. But I just think, too, man, I just don't see a world where they lose the chance to repeat twice. Because, like, the first, the first time against the Bucks. It's yeah, the last time I'm going to ask. Is this confidence or is this hubris? Are we watching him fly too close to the sun live on Zoom right now? Well, I, my concern is really for Gunnels and for Chiefs fans because, yeah, you don't want to transition, but, you know, it's not an intellectual choice you make. It's something that just happens when you get used to the winning. Have you reached the stage yet, Chiefs fan, where a win is much more of a relief than it is euphoria. Mm, great you question. Because that's a bad spot. That's where I reach. I mean, not recently either. I wish this weren't the case. I wish I had an ability to counsel younger fans out there to not become the way Dave is. But the but the only two emotions I really experience, at least for the most part, is relief when they win and devastation when my team loses. You know, don't get to that place. Be excited. This is great. A chance for history. They'll be like, we better win this game or what a disappointment. No, I don't think we reached that point yet. Okay. Just because of the way this year has gone too, and the fact that we're trying to be the first team to repeat since, since the Patriots in the early 2000s. So I think that's why you still kind of have that euphoria moment and then especially throughout the year people were writing the chiefs off we know the receivers are trash they can't catch the ball you know so you kind of had that 
us against the world type feeling. It wasn't like we were rolling through everybody. We we're 15 and 0 and just the clear cut favorites. Like we kind of had to fight our way to get here because look, Mahomes played his first role playoff game this year, two of them. So I think when you add all, all that together is why we still have that euphoria feeling if we win on Sunday. Next up, Adam Carolla joins Saratiana and Dave Damashek on Extra Points, and they all debate, should every U.S. citizen be required to watch the Super Bowl? Philosophical question about watching the big game. Because, you know, people, I'm not a football fan, and you all often hear people remark, this is the one game I watch. Is it your obligation as a member of the planet Earth, or at least America, to watch the Super Bowl? What I'm always fascinated by the numbers, like, can you believe a remarkable 59% of Kansas City residents watch the Super Bowl? My question is always, what the hell were the other 40% of the people doing? Like, where do they go and what do they do with themselves if you're not watching the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I always feel that way in Los Angeles. If you ever go out for a beer run at halftime and you just see people riding a mountain bike like down the street, <laughs> yeah. you're like, what? I always want to just hit them with my car. And I feel like it's the right thing to do. In you know, a way, pull- spiritually, it would be, right? It's like, what the way you're not participating? If you had a dog that was elderly and had hip dysplasia and was riddled with cancer, the right thing to do is to put them down. You know what I mean? And this isn't different. For me, if you're if you don't like football, you shouldn't be able to enjoy anything. No, 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 Tiana, you don't have to enjoy it, but it's participating at the minimum level as a member of our society. Well, I mean, it's like everybody you have to see the Godfather. You I, I don't I don't watch the Kardashians, but I can name at least three of them for you. I, you know, I vote because that's a required. It's the same thing. You got to watch. I don't care if you don't watch, if you don't like yeah. football, you still have to know what happened in the biggest game on the planet, right? It's a civic that's, duty. Yeah, I agree. As long as I'm not having to watch the game with anyone that doesn't like football and ask mm. questions, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit 
visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. On Minus 3 with Dave Damashek and Kevin Hench, they discussed the GOAT, Tom Brady, and people calling Patrick Mahomes the next GOAT. But even if he wins this Super Bowl, he still only has half the amount of Lombardis Tom Brady has. So can he really be called the GOAT? My good GOAT this week and, you know, sometimes we do like these deep esoteric dives. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but my good goat is Tom Brady, who's a yes. quarterback. I don't know if Where? you're familiar. And the reason we we need to every once in a while, we need to remind everybody about the goat of goats is that Patrick Mahomes, who seemingly plays in the Super Bowl every year and to his credit, made it through that grain thresher of the AFC to get into the Super Bowl again. Should he win on Sunday, he will be less than halfway to Tom Brady's Super Bowl ring total. If Patrick Mahomes wins on Sunday, he will need to win a Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana amount of additional Super Bowls to tie the greatest of all time. It's insane. It's bonkers. You know, I think Mahomes has has arrived quickly, but we he still has so far to go to uh, to catch the true goat of goats. And I think we, you know, obviously you talk a lot about recency bias. Those twenty years in two different dynasties, uh, we're, we're going to have to wait quite a long time till anybody reels in the true goat of goats. I I this is a, a fascinating subject to to me i know that the the cynics out there are like oh the ring count and all that who cares that's for olds well i guess maybe we're olds um yeah i think there is there's something where it's an accelerate the conversation has accelerated um where we are right now in the world and the way uh, i guess conversation flows is like we're so anxious to declare Mahomes is better than Brady, even though the evidence doesn't really support it, I don't think. And I think maybe it's partly like we've discussed what makes Brady the GOAT other than 
those Lombardis. I understand also playing 20 years, he has most of the passing records at this point, but those have to do with longevity, not individual greatness. You know, Marino, you know, per game averages and other people exceed him in that regard. But um, so maybe that's some a reason why we want to move on from Brady. I'm not sure exactly what what's feeding this other than we want to be in the moment. We want to be able to say we witnessed the new greatest of all time. And I think that's also where the LeBron as great as a LeBron in as much as I will talk about him. Like, I think it's always that generational conversation that it's owed to except that we're still in the Brady generation. Right. Well, but it, it, it's like, you know, when Aaron was the home run King, uh, at, at seven fifty five, it'd be like, somebody hitting their 300th home run and and people go, there's a new home run king in town. Like Mahomes is not going to be halfway to Brady, uh, who, by the way, longevity, yes, no decline phase. Those numbers in Tampa are bananas. Like, you know, setting records to the end. Um, so, uh, so, but you mentioned LeBron. This is, is so nuts. LeBron is the, NBA's all-time leading scorer. He's now fourth all-time in assists. Mm. I mean, come on. That is crazy. Uh, you know, and and I I feel like there's a weird, you know, anti-LeBron sentiment, maybe just because he's so physical. It's almost like he's like the wilt of, of perimeter players because nobody can really handle him uh, uh, going to the basket, but still doing it at such a crazily high level. All right, good goat, Tom Brady. Bad goat. This is gonna be. Well, a wait a second. I say I'm. I, th- this is. Uh, th- these are the conversations I live for. How many times can you say that the two best to ever play a sport were in it at the same time? And I think maybe you could make the case that Brady and Mahomes overlap. And at the, ta- I mean, Brady is still playing for the Patriots. Obviously, goes into Arrowhead and disrupts what was supposed to be a coronation for the sophomore year of Mahomes. They were supposed to go to that Super Bowl, of course, and that's the only thing that that delays that effect. If it weren't for 12 in the silver and navy getting in his way, Mahomes would be one further along in the process here. I mean, the one I always go with. I think the thing that diminishes, I'm sorry to bring this up, but the thing that diminishes Mario Lemieux is that he is overlapping directly with Wayne Gretzky. It was, if Willie Mays had, jumped in, you know, five years into Babe Ruth's career. I don't know exactly how you reconcile them side by side. That's why. So it's, I think that's a factor. I do kind of, I'm inclined to agree with you that Brady is even as his case has been enhanced by what's going on with Belichick. I mean, if I've said it before, if Brady wanted to be a jerk, he would announce like if Aaron Rodgers were in the same boat, wouldn't he be going like, well, obviously I'm the goat. I did this with McCarthy. Look at what happened to McCarthy after me, uh, after he parted ways with me. If Brady wanted to do that, he could be like, look at Belichick. What's he done since I left? Look at what I did without Belichick. Myself and Brett Cormanos were also on Trendy this week with Toby Mergler. And Toby asked us, what is the optimal viewing experience for the Super Bowl? And if we had any special traditions. But before we dive in, guys, it's, it's Super Bowl week. This is it. This is the grand finale. This is, you know, we do 22 weeks of podcasts about the NFL. Actually, let's be honest. We do 52 weeks about the NFL. And we sneak in some other sports along the way. This is the culmination of it. And I want to explore it a little bit. I know, like, because you guys do this per- 
professionally, it's probably a little bit different than when you, you know, did it before uh, you were in your 20s or in high school or whatever, how you used to watch the Super Bowl. But how do you watch the Super Bowls now? Do you have any sort of special ritual, any special routine, anything that you kind of celebrate the special day with? Brett, you go ahead and go first. Uh, no, uh, I'm not a big, I never, I've never been a big person that like what I likes watching games, the groups of people, um, like maybe like one or two people. I've never been like, I want a full house and a big bar and um, maybe it's just me being an introvert, but <laughs> that was never my thing. Cause I, I mean, I, I like to actually watch the game, you know, like, I feel like when you have a big group of people around, you're getting pulled into conversations or somebody's, you know, trying to be the clown of the group and they're making a bunch of noise and yelling or whatever. And it just kind of distracts from like actually watching the game. Uh, and then plus, to be honest, when I was doing, uh, when I was in the basketball industry for a while, I was like barely paying attention to football at that point. So there were a couple Super Bowls where I was like kind of flipping it on if the game was interesting. Um, so I have zero traditions. I am just a hermit that likes to watch by myself to focus on the game and then text snarky thoughts to you guys. That's all. That's about it. <laughs> All right, Eddie, that's going to be a tough one to follow. He does nothing and doesn't want to talk to anybody. I, I mean, what better. what a downtrodden answer that was, yeah, Brett. They're sucked the life smoke. out of the show. Um, I actually agree with Brett in the sense that, like, if the Giants were playing in this game, I'm not watching it with a single person. Like, maybe my family or, or, or you know what, other Giants fans – that's fine. Uh, you want to be with the, the like-minded group. And I do agree that it does kind of bring it down when, when um, people are not really focusing on the game. But so my answer, the reason I host um, Super Bowl, so I do have kind of a tradition thing going on. And it's like simply because my fiance works for Spectrum. So we have cable. Like everyone we know it here, like cut the cord and they all have the streaming apps. And then you don't want to go to that person's house who's like, oh, do you have a login? And like, oh, the Wi-Fi isn't working. And it's like the wheel is spinning and the, and the, the game is paused. Like we have cable. We're, we're locked in there um, and they gave us a bunch of cable boxes. So we have all, other TVs. So if you want to come over and just, you know, watch the sightings of Taylor Swift or just watch the halftime show, <laughs> go to the other TV. And we have the main TV where all my friends who I'm lucky, they do work in sports and they do care about the game. We get to watch that. So, yeah, it was, since I moved to L.A., I've pretty much been hosting and kind of order the same uh, sandwiches and the same kind of food platters every single year. And it's um, it's a lot of fun. Plus, I get the leftovers. So can't complain. The very talented Joey Molinaro joins Dave Damashek on minus three, and they discuss the late, great Carl Weathers. Plus, Dave tells the story of the time he ran into Weathers in person. I've told it a million times. I'm going to tell you for the million and first now. Yep. A couple of years ago, a few years back, David Feeney and I, huge, huge, you know, Balboa historians, obviously steeped in the Rocky one, two, three, and four documentaries, less five and beyond. Um, Shout out to the movie Creed doing the prequel of Apollo Creed in his prime. How about that? I thought that's when I heard Creed was being made. I assumed it was going to be the backstory of the greatest champion in the history of people. But let's do that now. Anyhow, David Feeney and I are having a nice dinner in downtown Los Angeles. We look up at the bar. Who's there dressed in a black suit with a black button shirt underneath looking exactly like you would want the heavyweight champion to look. There he is, Apollo Creed, with a smart cocktail in his mitt. We said, well, listen, waiter, a drink, if you please, for the for the champ. We send him one over, and before you know it, he's hovering over our table. And he said, I had to come over here and thank you, too, for being gentlemen. And then he fielded every question we had. 
all no. everything. Oh, oh, all about it. Who? How would you have done against Lang? How? What would have gone down between you and Drago? And like you didn't show up ready for that fight, and everybody knows it. And this is all nonsense. That somehow it's it's damaged your legacy, Creed. All that kind of stuff. He he fields them all with a plum, and then returns to the bar. You know, later on we we wrap up our dinner, and the bill comes. We see the Creed has added another drink to our bill. <laughs> he went wild with excitement and support for the move. What would screw What were we going to do? Creed did the math. He's a genius. You understand these yeah. two mooks. What are they going to do? They're, they're going to say no. They're going to refuse to pay for the drink. Maybe I'll put a filet mignon on there too. If they ain't careful. I thought it was such a legendary move. And uh, he was such a he was such a nice guy to come over and kid is with us and all of that. It was uh, it was the great that combined with my other exchange with the heavyweight champ of the world. Once Jimmy Kimmel took the entire uh, Kimmel staff randomly one night of the week, just like we're all going. We got buses outside. Let's go to Dodger Stadium. And we all loaded up and we went to see the Dodgers play. And I have no idea why. But Leon Spinks was with us. I, I, I couldn't explain why <laughs> Leon Spinks, who vanquished Ali in roundabout 79-80, I think, somewhere around there to briefly claim the heavyweight belt before Ali took it back from him. Um, he was in our midst. Again, no idea why, but somehow he was directly in front of me in the seats. And at one point he stood up during the game and I had the singular opportunity and I took it. I yelled, down in front the champ! It was the best to, to yell. Imagine to be able to yell at a champion of the world down in front. It, it was, you know, one of the top three to five moments of my life. How was it received? He kind of like he had a he, he had an unfortunate kind of stiffness at that point in his life. And so he very slowly turned around to regard the person who shouted that to him. And then I did, just showed him my fist. And that did go. all the more talking I need, and he sat right down. There you go. Perfect. I don't remember Walked what his response was. Did you not ask for a picture with Carl Weathers? <laughs> no, I don't I don't always do that. Do, are you a big picture guy, autograph guy? I just try to live in the moment when those things definitely, are going. Definitely not autograph, but uh, yeah, I'm doing the math in my head. Like If he were to come over, as he did, Right. And you guys are chatting and it's going well and you're having maybe a couple of laughs and, and you're already buying the drink. Right. So in my head, I'm thinking, OK, so it's on our tab. We're paying. He, he's been kind enough to come over here and chat a little bit. Right. He could have just you know raised his glass to us from the bar and, and, and three. Maybe I made him laugh. That checks out to me. That's an equation that adds up to, hey, when he's getting ready to leave. Hey, champ, can we get a picture real quick? You know, just real quick. Fist raised, all that. Yeah, right, right. just real quick. You know, you don't have to make a big production of it or anything, but it's just like, a, hey, would you mind real quick? You know, because to me, in my head, then I'm just like, he's probably like, oh, absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, no problem. But I understand. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just try out a Creed impression here? No, that wasn't your best work there. No, no, no. Don't <laughs> see that's the problem, isn't it? Anytime that I try to just like, you know, do any sort of, uh, you know, situational voice acting, then everybody's just like, I want to release that one yet. Not your best. I'm like, <laughs> okay, now my life is just the Twitter comment saying the, the Twitter thread that I get. And let's stop down for a quick break here. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? 
It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Will Caleb Williams become the first overall pick by the Chicago Bears, or will he force his way to the Washington Commanders? Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels discuss this on a brand new Lemon Pepper Parlay. That's something we got to talk about. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about should they take Caleb or should they just ride it out with Justin Fields? Well, where do you land on that whole debacle or whatever you want to call that situation in Chicago right now? I think it depends on what Washington wants. Because if Washington is going to be willing to move heaven and earth to get up to that first pick and take Caleb Williams, I might just stick with Justin Fields. Like, I, I'm not an anti-Fields guy. I think he can play. You know, especially if you, like, is he going to be, you know, the best quarterback in the division? Maybe, probably not. But, like, also, we do this every single year with every single, you know, every single year. This quarterback, that quarterback. Remember when Trevor Lawrence was going to take over the AFC South? Right. Exactly. Now, C.J. Stroud, like, of the quarterbacks in the AFC South right now, C.J. Stroud is the only one to win a playoff game. Is that correct? No, Trevor Lawrence. No, Trevor Lawrence had the twenty-seven yeah. uh, nothing. Yeah, comeback. Lawrence. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But so like the 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 playoff game wins are Lawrence and Stroud tied at one apiece. Yeah, and your boy AR is coming back next year, Anthony Richardson. I know you're you're pretty high on him from what I last I can remember. But I mean, he's he's an athletic freak. So like yeah. you know, it's it, now. But the question is, can he stay healthy? That's the big question. Yeah, and it always was going to be the question with him. Does not bode well so far because even in the six games that he was eligible for, he got knocked out of what two or three of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. He needs to learn how to slide. But I think back to the Washington situation for me. Well, Chicago first. How big of a gap do you think it really is as far as upside? That's all, that's all you can go off of right now because we haven't seen Caleb Williams play in the NFL yet. Is it that big of a gap? Because if it's not, I don't see the point of drafting Caleb Williams if you think he's better because now I feel like you're kind of starting over again while you can actually build around Justin Fields with your high picks in this year's draft. So to me... I don't think it's worth it. You know, Caleb Williams is, what, barely six feet. You know, he always does the ad-lib, out-of-the-pocket stuff. I haven't seen him do too much stuff within structure. You know, one, two, three, boom, ball out. Like, that's kind of important at the next level. You know, you're not going to be able to get away with this scrambling around playing backyard football every single down. I mean, yeah, it's cool when you have to, but I think I've seen way too much of it. That could be a bad habit now. If you get the right coaching there, you know, the right system, then yeah, maybe things you can teach some things and you can fix some of his bad habits. But I, I I don't think it's worth it for Chicago. The thing that gets me about Caleb Williams, everybody compares him as the next Mahomes. But Mahomes was not the next Mahomes until he was Mahomes. Like I vividly remember this. We were both working on Undisputed at the time. We had almost all the first round quarterbacks come and sit at the at the desk with Skip and Shannon. Remember, I remember Patrick Mahomes' interview. Nobody was worried about Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like nobody was worried about him in the way that now, fast forward however many years later, he's being discussed in the same email and the same topics and the same conversation as Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Like n- zero people. 
Zero people. The the Kansas City Chiefs that traded up for him, the New Orleans Saints who would have took him if Kansas City didn't trade up for him. Like zero people had him at because because predicting somebody to get to this point in their career is just disingenuous. Like to get this far this fast, you you that's just a hot take. That's the only thing that exists in this hot take world. And you can't have that be reality. Like there's not a reality. What Mahomes is doing is unbelievable. And unbelievable means very, very difficult to believe. Myself and Jan Piacente on waiver wire to react to the crazy news that Mike Vrabel was not hired by teams because he was too large of a person and why those teams that passed up on him missed out on a great opportunity. So uh, Eric Vinami is uh, available. Uh, Bill Belichick is available and Mike Vrabel is available, uh, apparently because of his very large stature, which is something that happens to me all the time when I don't get a gig. I'm, I'm constantly told it's my, you know, imposing physical presence that keeps me from advancing in my career to a- a- another position. It, I, it is so asinine <laughs> that this is even a story because number one we just saw a team play in the nfc title game with their head you know their head coach is dan campbell who was i think bigger statistically than mike rabel campbell's like six five rabel's like six four whatever it doesn't even matter like what kind of weird is this a way of gm like i don't know which gm said this we're not gonna know but all the teams that interviewed him is this their way of kind of getting out why they didn't hire him is like they're kind of like saving face here oh yeah we didn't hire him he was too big we were afraid he's gonna scream at us like mike rabel went through one of the worst front office regimes in like the history of the nfl with a team trading away aj brown so there you're afraid now that he's gonna want some say in his players from not being traded away this guy took ryan Tannehill and a bunch of bums uh outside of king henry to uh you know to deep into the afc playoffs uh, but a bunch of years if anything he's proved that like he's not just some dumb big meathead this guy could clearly coach um in multiple ranks and i just think it's a bad job it's a really weird move for gms to be like oh we didn't go we didn't go with them and the reason why is this like no it's a bad reason and you're doing that because you're afraid when you're a coach that you hired he stinks and then if you're able to get the job next coaching cycle and he's great again because he will be great again then you're gonna that's like i'm I'm just sick of this weird anonymous source crap I want the Cowboys to use Mike Vrabel as their DC, but I'm probably dreaming because it doesn't sound like there's been any interview there. Um, so we'll see. But I, I, he's just too good of a coach to be not cool. employed. It blows my mind. I think that I would rather have Vrabel than Bel- Belichick right now. Without, I'll, I'll definitely agree because but, one wants to meddle in the GM affairs and he's tracker has proven he's been terrible at uh at drafting and Rabel did a lot with a little plus the age gap is humongous humongous yeah Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.